The Radio Fam Podcast. TheRadioFam.com. Radio Fam, first of all, I want to thank those of you who have taken the time to listen to the bonus episodes of um, Alphabet Radio that we have been releasing in the past couple weeks. 3G, a.k.a. Greg, has done such an amazing job hosting this series. Um, I love how it's turned out. Um, this is exactly, as I've mentioned before, I love these type of collaborations when people, you know, I've we've been connected over social media and you put out content, so I see what your content's like. So that way, what it's like, so when you come to me, it's a lot easier for me to say, yeah, that sounds great, let's do that together. So, um, yeah, I couldn't be happier with how it is, and I am just thrilled to be the platform that can help elevate these voices and have these conversations in a way that um, I guess other platforms in radio aren't. Um, yeah, and I'm just so happy and thrilled that Greg came to me and wanted to do this. So thank you. If you have not checked him out, please do. You can also watch them if you go to the Radio Fam dot com and click on the blog um you'll see the uh um, you'll see the rainbow flag and it says alphabet radio click on that and then there's like um the the episodes that have been recorded so far are all there at the bottom of the page you can just keep checking that um to watch them as well um also if you are going to be at morning show boot camp in chicago it is right around the corner so don't forget if you plan on joining us you can use radio fam uh, <laughs> on your two-day conference pass. Uh, and a rem- reminder, you can get those at uh, radiomsbc.com. Again, promo code RadioFam, radiomsbc.com. Follow us on all the social media, too, at radiomsbc um, on all social platforms. Um, this episode, what we got, uh, we're season six, episode four, featuring my friend Nina Blanco. She lives out here in Denver. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting her through, you know, mutual radio friends, Joe Cicero, who was on an earlier episode of this, I think, man, back in season two or something. OG. Uh, so, yeah, he put us in contact you know, a few years ago when she moved out here, and we've been friends ever since. Um, she was somebody that, you know, was a victim of an iHeart layoff last year, and navigating that over the last year, it's a conversation about that. There's a lot of great points in here so navigating being unemployed um, taking chances when maybe or you know going for opportunities even when they're not necessarily there right in front of your face but yeah really she's been by being on the beach has had to kind of build her own brand and you know through her podcast and it's really cool what she's been able to do so we'll elaborate that from there you know you or she will elaborate more in the podcast um be, you know, especially for those of you that wanted to get into radio to help your community, I think you'll find this really um, appealing. Also, um, I'm going to drop a link in the description, um, you know, on YouTube and on the audio version um, of uh, it's a link to our blog that is going to kind of detail a little bit more about what Nina did as well. We had one of our radio fam, Aaron Cooper, a few episodes back, write an episode um, about Nina and then uh, Sean Tempesta and then Anthony from Carla Marine Anthony about the same kind of thing, about what they've been able to do with their personal brands to help their communities outside of radio. You don't always need a radio station to do some really fucking amazing things. So just remember that. So I hope you get inspired by this. Thank you so much, Nina, for coming on the podcast. I love you. 
I was in high school and I wasn't really sure, you know, like a lot of people, like, what do I want to do with my life? That's such a big question and such a big thing. And I really had no idea. And so kind of going through that, I'm a senior in high school. My mom's like, you know, what do you want to do? I had, I was like, I'll be an English teacher or I'll study psychology or sociology because I really liked that, but like had really no idea. And so um, my mother, I guess, always had this vision for me. She had a little bit of a vision for me where she wanted me to be on the news and she wanted me to be like the weather girl. Specifically, she told me one time, she's like, I could just see you being the weather girl. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, you're crazy. Like, what? Okay, but. Um, I was I graduated high school and I was working like a couple of jobs at that point. I worked at a country club and I worked at a Buffalo Wild Wings as a waitress. <laughs> and I think my country club gig, I'd worked there a couple of years and they had like on seasons and off seasons. And it was kind of like in the off season. So I was looking for another job to you know, take over that spot. I'm like, I don't know. I guess I'll just work at another restaurant, see whatever. And my mom was like, well, why don't you work for a job? Like I was going to community college uh, or gearing up to go for my first semester at community college. And she was like, why don't you look for a job that will like maybe help you in the workforce? Like, why don't you work in an office and get some experience there? Because I've only ever had like restaurant experience. And she's like, get into the working world. I don't know. And I was like, okay. So I was like trying to explore jobs like that. And then my mom brought up the TV thing and the weather girl thing. And (laughs) she was like, what if you worked on TV or in radio? And I was like, mom, I'm looking for a part-time job. I just graduated high school and I have no knowledge of any of that kind of stuff. She's like, just apply, just do it. What's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say no and you'll be in the same spot. And I'm just like, oh, okay. All right, sure. So we like created a whole resume. I wrote out like my first like cover letter for all these businesses. And Mm -hmm. I grew up in the Chicago Northwest suburbs. And so my mom is like, you should apply for like all these Chicago news stations and all these Chicago radio stations. And I'm like, do you (laughs) realize what you're asking a non experienced just out of high schooler to do are you kidding me she had big dreams for you yeah I'm like you're crazy she's like just do it and I was like like nothing is gonna come for this this is really just a big waste of my time but fine I'm gonna do it so I did and so I applied to like all these tv stations I looked at all their like job listings and stuff and it's stuff that I was not qualified for and I didn't hear back from any of them but one station uh one radio station that I did apply to that was local in my town star 105.5 they were hiring for a promotions assistant and so I put in for the job didn't get it but I did get a call back they let me know that they had filled the position and they were no longer hiring for that role but they were hiring interns and if I was interested in being being an intern that I could get a job with them and I was like cool okay Sure. Let's work for a radio station. Why not? That's kind of how I got my foot in the door and how I started 
at my first job at a radio station is I was an intern. And the thing is, when I had first started working there, I was just this shy little thing. And I was never the type of person to like raise my hand in class and ask a question because I was always too scared and shy and timid. And uh, it just it kind of changed after graduating high school and just like becoming more into myself and caring less about what people think. And you don't have to deal with your high school classmates anymore and stuff like that. I don't know. It just all had a role in that. And eventually... Um, I just kind of broke out of my shell a little bit like it just kind of happened and um, I I told them while I was still shy but I had enough nerve to be like I want to shadow someone at the radio like in the studio would that would would that be cool because that was cool (laughs) and they were like yeah totally and so um, one of my faves the first time I ever shadowed someone or went into studio with them to see what an on-air personality does. It was Lisa Allen. I was in the studio with Lisa Allen and she was talking about come join us because we're going to be there in Woodstock, Illinois for Groundhog's Day for the big thing. And then she like threw me on, on the mic on air and I was like, not prepared because again, I was still kind of shy. I had zero experience doing this kind of stuff. And I like really quick text my mom. I'm like, mom, I'm going to be on Star 105 in three minutes. Hurry and listen if you can. Like she's at work or something. (laughs) And so um, I guess that was like my first little blurb on air when really all I wanted to do was just like see how it worked. I just wanted to be in there. I had Uh no expectation of being like on air or whatever, but it was kind of cool that she just she threw me on air. It was like a little bit under pressure, but also at the same time, it was like that excitement, you know, as I continued in my internship, I just I had like renewed the internship through those like college credit and those courses and stuff like semester over semester over semester. Next thing I know, I had been interning there and working there for free for like two years. But like I loved it so much and it was so much fun. And as I was continuing to learn in the job for promotions and working remotes and being trusted myself to run a remote. And then as we're hiring other interns, like I've been there the longest. So like I'm showing them the ropes and it was just it was a lot of fun for me and I really loved it. And since I had started with the the whole college credit thing, that's just how I continued it. And then my college counselor was like, Nina, I literally cannot allow you to do this for another semester. I had to tell my promotions director and I had to tell everyone like, this is it. I can't do this anymore. They won't allow me to. I can't get any more college credits for it. So this is going to be my last semester with you guys. I'm super sad about it, but you know, I can't do anything about it. And then um, it was our Christmas party. So it was the final Christmas party that I was a part of. And the promotions director, she gave me a card and everyone signed it. And then her gift to me was to hire me on part time. And so, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> yeah, it was really cute. And so I stayed there, I think another year, I want to say maybe another year and a half. And during that time, of course, getting more and more comfortable at the radio station and with my peers and working there, um, I kind of raised my hand again when it came to an opportunity to do something on the air. So Tina Bree, she, we, we had two radio stations in the building. It was Star 105.5. And at the time, it's different now, but at the time it was like a 
oldies, like 70s type of vibe radio station. And it was Y1039. And at the time, Tina Bree on Saturday nights, they did like Saturday nights at the 70s or something like that. And they did like a special 70s Saturday night show. And so Saturday night, Tina Bree's living her best life. She wants a Saturday off. So uh, Tina let me do it, which was really awesome. And I remember being so scared and so nervous. I didn't even have to touch the board or anything because the guy who ran the show, he was just, you know, your typical radio guy. He's been in radio for so long. His name was Jeff James. I still connect with him on Facebook. And um, he was super into the music. He really loved his show. He knew what he was doing because he's done radio for years. And he was handling the board and everything like that. I literally just came into the studio for like, five minutes, he turned on my microphone and I read off of a sheet of paper, like (laughs) word for word of what I need to say. And my first time I'm like sweating, I'm shaking, like my voice is cracking as I'm just trying to like read the sentence and focus. And then I do it again. And the second time he's trying to like, you know, like shoot the shit. And he's trying to like, get me to talk about the restaurant or when's the last time you went to a movie theater, Nita? And I'm like, That's not on paper. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't go to movies, and like it was bad. <laughs> you didn't want to improv quite yet. <laughs> exactly. I was just so nervous because this was like you know my first time doing it, and then after a while, he you know gave me some some pointers, and he helped me feel more comfortable in the studio and on the microphone. And it's okay to talk. And I know we ha- we gave you a script, but you don't have to stick to the script. And radio is really loose and fun, and blah blah blah. And and he helped me kind of just relax in that moment. And it was really cool. And that was like my first on-air experience. And um, after that, Tina was like, hey, I really like my Saturday nights off. (laughs) I got to do that for a little bit. And then um, eventually my time in Crystal Lake had to come to a close and I was off to go to school. I went to Southern Illinois University in Carbondale in Southern Illinois. So, um, Yeah, it was time for me to quit the job there because I was going to go to Southern Illinois. But I was like, I really like this radio thing. This Mm -hmm. is a lot of fun. I never expected to be working at a radio station. But now that I am like, this is cool. This is a lot of fun. But I was still primarily doing promotions. I had my little Saturday night thing and I was definitely interested in doing more on air stuff because, of course, it was fun. But Mm -hmm. I never really, really did it myself. You know what I mean? So um, as I was preparing to go to Southern Illinois, and we knew that I had only a couple weeks left at the radio station, I had worked there when Joe Cicero had gotten hired on. And he was there for um, a little bit before that I left. And I expressed to him that, yeah, I really like this on air stuff. And he was like, let me show you some stuff. Like, if you really like it. And I think he saw that, like, hey, this girl has like a genuine you know, like for this job and she wants to learn. So he took the initiative a little bit and he he taught me some stuff, which was really cool. Did he call it like morning show boot camp or something? Yeah. So he put me through his version of morning show boot camp. So I would come in super early in the mornings and I was doing weather for him. And then he was like, let me show you how to do this thing. And I was like, okay. So he 
shows me the board and shows me what all the buttons do and all the knobs and all the sliders and shows me how to use, you know, our, our music system and everything. And I'm like, wow, this is a lot of buttons and a lot of stuff. And it's kind of nerve wracking. But he was putting me through morning show boot camp and it was his show. And eventually, like after a couple days of like showing me what to do and being right behind me and okay, I'm going to go live on the air and you're going to control my microphone and you're going to, you know, slide it up and you're going to power it on while I'm talking. And then right as soon as I'm done, you have to push this button for the sounder to get out of it. Then you have to push this button to get into commercials. Okay. You got it. You got it. And so I was like trying to do it. I remember messing up a couple times and because it's his show, his show is important to him. He was like, move. And he like, <laughs> tosses you to this literally literally <laughs> i mean i get it because it's yeah. his morning show but also i was like i'm sorry but he put me through it and he showed me how to use a board and um yeah trusted me kind of to do it for his show just so that i could learn which is cool and yeah. so I've, I've honestly always taken that with me as like my career has progressed and i've worked with the interns and these little interns they don't know anything about radio like I've done a bootleg version of morning show boot camp and kind of did the same thing and like same thing that Joe did and okay you're gonna push this button and they had a lot of fun doing it and I, I hope I maybe passed on some knowledge to some kids who maybe cared but I did the yeah. same thing to them and I thought it was just really cool that he even like took that initiative on someone that he doesn't really know in the office to like teach me. I thought it was great. I was like, okay, I like this radio thing. I want to keep learning this radio thing. I want to keep doing this radio thing. So my stepdad was like, okay, take the initiative and go find a radio station down there and go apply for a job. And I was like, okay, what radio stations are in Southern Illinois? Like it's kind of small town down there. I found this cluster of radio stations. They were not hiring at the moment, but um, my stepdad and my mom, like they're pushers. And I'm so glad that they were pushers. They're like, just apply anyway. And I'm like, <laughs> isn't that how it doesn't work? Like they're not hiring. They're like, no, 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 no. Just apply anyway. And that's such a good lesson that that I have learned in radio especially is it doesn't matter like don't, it doesn't matter if you go on their website so right. they're not even hiring they have no posting about it it doesn't matter throw yourself out there throw out your resume um throw out your reel and you just never know what'll happen that's happened to me a couple times right especially from that first time and just doing it and getting a job out of it I've done it over and over and over again and Nine times out of 10, I've gotten a call back and something's worked out. Google search, I emailed the program director, I sent him my package, didn't hear from him. And because my parents are pushers, my stepdad was like, why don't you print out your resume, go buy a cheap USB at Walmart, put your reel on there and drop it off at their office. And I was like, dude, you're crazy. I love that. They're so and funny. He's like, do it. And I was like, Ugh, like I'm so embarrassed, but like, I'm going to do it. I was like, screw it. Cause he's right. Like, what do I have to lose at this point? Then maybe, you know, if the email went through their spam blocker or whatever, like, I don't know, I'm that, that person that stopped by the office showing initiative. So that's what I did. And I did get a call back and I did get hired and I was just doing part-time while going to school. And then eventually while I was down there, a, a full-time position opened up to do nights and um, it was kind of down to 
me and this other part-time girl that was she was working part-time for the same station and I got the job (laughs) I was I had my own night show and I was working full-time and I had benefits and I had a 401k and I was like still going to school and I was like this is a lot this is kind of cool that job as little as it paid I actually Uh, From my first contract, it wasn't even technically a contract. It was just an employment agreement, one page that shows, yeah, I'm going to start. Here's my start date. Here's my salary. I did have a salary, which was cool. Um, But my salary was a whole $18,000 a year. (laughs) Living the high life. (laughs) Oh my gosh, right? I worked that job, I think for almost four years, I was still down there. It was a lot of fun and I learned a lot and I got to just like really express myself. It was, I was lucky at that radio station because they weren't, like too over controlling. I really had a lot of freedom. And like looking back on it now and working for like major radio corporations and working for like bigger markets now, I'm like, oh my gosh, the stuff I got away with. Like they just let me literally do my own thing, which was so cool. And I definitely picked my radio job over school. So I was like, you know what? Like I'm already working full time at a job that I want to do. This is doing wonders for my resume. This is doing wonders for my career. At least that's what I thought. And I made the decision to drop out of school and my parents were not happy about that at all. Really? I did what I felt was best for me. And this was the path that I wanted to go on. And um, yeah, I, I got through that. It was some trouble, trouble times with my parents for sure. But we got through it, and I think they're proud of me now. So <laughs> I was there for a couple of years and not getting paid a whole lot. But all my friends now then were leaving because everyone's graduating and it's time to move on. I was like, I'm gonna get stuck here forever. I gotta go. I was. I told my boss, which I was pretty close with at that time, and I was like, Hey, I'm sorry to have to do this to you. He's like, Don't do it. Don't. I don't want to hear it. And I was like, I gotta do it. He's like, No. And I was like, I gotta leave, dude. I gotta go. He's like, Man. And he's like, Well, if there's anything that I can do to help, and I was like, Well, actually. I have no idea where I'm going to go next. So if you could help, that would be cool. And he was like, I know a program director in St. Louis. Let me reach out to him. He just thought I was such a good worker that he had nothing but good things to say to me to this other program director in St. Louis, which is a significantly larger market than in Carbondale. He uh, talked to this program director, little did no one know because radio is full of secrets. They were actually getting ready to uh, flip a format on, on one of their stations. And uh, and so he was like, actually, we are hiring right now and send me her stuff. And so that's what I did. Sent in my stuff. And then for a solid like six months, just because they were getting ready to flip a station, That was obviously like top secret. It was like six months before they were going to be ready to like launch. And so he was like, for the time being, I can offer you a part time position on our alternative station, um, which is 1057 uh, The Point in St. Louis. And this station, it's like such a great station. Um, Their morning show is amazing. They're 
program director, this program director, his name is Tommy Mattern in St. Louis. If you know Tommy, you know how incredible he is. And I was like an alternative station. Like I've never done that before. I do top 40. Like I don't know what to do. But he was like, give it a shot. You know, we'll give you a shot. We'll hear how you sound. And he also did the good program director thing and gave you some pointers. And he literally told me because it was an alternative station. He told me he's like, you know, you definitely sound top 40 and you're a little too bubbly for this alternative station. He's like, just sound like you're really, really stoned. I was like, oh, Okay, I was like, I'll try my best. <laughs> so that's what I did. And I was able to work on there for six months. <laughs> Finally, um, got to be a part of the launch for this new station, which is cool. And started off doing the night show there and expressed that I wanted to do mornings because mornings was always an interest. And I had never really done it except for my little morning show boot camp with Joe Cicero years before then. And um, I told him that, like, you know, our morning guy at the time, it was just one guy and it was this new station. And he was like, well, eventually we do want to get like a show, like a morning show. We'll add to him and build something. And I expressed to him and I just, you know, I put myself out there once again, learning from my parents just to do it. And that's what I did. And I said, hey, thank you so much for this opportunity to do nights. I absolutely love this job. As I advance in my career, I want to eventually give mornings a try. I know I don't have any experience doing that necessarily, but I would love the opportunity to do that. And he was like, okay, sure. And threw me on mornings. And I was like, what? <laughs> Amazing what happens sometimes when you just ask. Um, I, I was the co-host there with the host of the morning show. His name was Kurt Copeland and he was a St. Louis radio veteran for years and years and years. And they brought him back on this new launched station. And it was Kurt and Nina in the morning for uh, like a year and a half. Uh, the reality of radio for the first time really smacked me in the face where radio can be a bitch and radio can be really cruel sometimes and uh, things can change in an instant. I was actually on an international trip. And then as soon as I get home, I land in Chicago. I turn my phone on off of airplane mode and I get a text message from my boss, which is never good. And right. he texted me and he was like, hey, I know you're getting back into the States. Give me a call as soon as you land. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Never good. Never good. Never. I give him a call and he let me know that they had let go of uh, my co-host in the mornings. And there were just some disagreements. There was some money involved. There were some dropped clients yada, yada, yada. And they felt it was best to let him go. And so I was like, snap. Okay. Wow. That's pretty huge. And he was like, yeah. And so we're going to go a different direction with the morning show. I'm like, fuck. So there goes mornings for me. And uh, they brought in some other local talent to try out mornings. And he, I was lucky though, to have still kept my job. He expressed that, he really liked me on the air and I, I was a good worker and they wanted to keep me around and they're sorry that this happened, but it is what it is. And they're preparing for a new morning show to come in. And then they offered me to do nights again on this radio station. And so at that point, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to turn this down? No. So I worked nights and um, got out of mornings after falling in love with mornings. And I was like, man, 
I was like, I, I know how lucky I am to like still have a job out of this, but this is also like not what I want to be doing. I want to do mornings, you know? And so after kind of asking around, asking my boss again, is there potential to do mornings, you know, maybe for the alt station, he expressed that, yeah, you know, the morning show, it's a big morning show, but we would love to have a female on there because it's, it's very like raunchy dude, you know, you'd be interested in that. Maybe we could try something like that. And I was just like, yeah, maybe. But then all the meanwhile, my boyfriend, um, he was like, I have an opportunity to move to Denver for work. What do you think about going to Denver? And I was like, ugh. I'm like I don't I don't know anyone in Denver. I don't know anyone in Colorado. Like there's radio stations in Denver. Like sure, may, maybe maybe. And so before I officially made the move out there, uh, researching radio stations and reaching out to PDs and stuff like that, um, I had just like again just shoot your shot, and that's what I did. And I sent out my resume and. Um, everything to a couple different program directors. Some people I never heard back from, but some people I did hear back from, which was kind of cool. And so I was like, well, at least there's a nibble. Like there's something. People, Some people are aware that I'm coming to Denver. I think I'm going to make this move despite not having a job, which is just super risky and not something I've ever done before. But why not? I was working two waitressing jobs when I first came out here. And I think within the first month of me moving out here, I did get a part-time job with Flow, Flow 1071 here in Denver, Max Media. And then that part-time job eventually led to a full-time job, which was great. And I did mornings for that station. I used my connections because it was the same company that I was working for in Carbondale, the same parent company. So I kind of used those connections to kind of wiggle my way in and get the attention and send them my stuff. So they'll actually listen to me. And uh, once again, they weren't really hiring, but I threw my stuff out there and they were like, yeah, we could use another part-time person for sure. I'm like, cool. And then that turned into a full-time job doing mornings. After I did mornings, then I switched around all sorts of different slots I did afternoons, I did middays, I did filled in for nights every once in a while. And so I was all over the place there. And um, eventually it was crazy because when I started working for iHeart Denver, that was like the first time that someone had reached out to me to hire me. And I wasn't even necessarily looking. Like I knew that iHeart Denver was out here someday it would be really cool to work there stuff over at max media was a little bit crazy a little bit haywire because they were trying to figure out what what exactly they wanted to do with the radio station as well and uh jj kincaid reached out to me on facebook and he was like hey i think you're really cool on air if you were ever wanting to leave max media uh there's a position open right now and I'm reaching out to you and I think you'd be really great for this position. JJ Kincaid reaching out to me. I was right. like, oh, drop. I was like, what? What? That's crazy. Yeah, that's it was just amazing. crazy to know that like my peers in radio, that someone else like as, as much of like a legend as JJ is like reached out to me and he knew who I was. And I had never even met this person before. Like, sure. I knew of him and stuff, but like the fact that he, was doing his own due diligence, due diligence in the market. And he found me and he reached out to me. I was like, holy shit, that's really cool. That's and amazing. so 
so yeah, I got a bunch of stuff together and I applied for that job and eventually it worked out. And then I got the job and I was able to do mornings again. And I was doing mornings with JJ at iHeart Denver. And that was a really fun run for a couple of months until getting that phone call once again that, oh, we let go of your co-host and I don't know if you're going to be doing mornings anymore. And I'm like, man, like radio just really dicks you around, huh? So it just, it happened again. And I felt awful because JJ and I were really close and they paired me up with um, the morning show producer and the program director at the time. His name was Deuce, Dave, really Dave J. And it was the three of us on mornings. And that was a lot of fun. We did it for a little over two years, I think it was. And then we got more bad news, more changes. <laughs> they let us go, all of us. It was tough. I, was like, I can't believe that's almost been a year ago. It's been wild. And so just that whole thing. Totally. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus necessarily, but yeah. if any of them are listening, like that was really fucking shitty. <laughs> like, when I first signed on to iHeart, I was trying my best to do my own due diligence in signing a contract, in signing a non-compete, and let's go back and forth with the contract. I'm going to make some revisions. I'm going to ask for a couple of things because this was like my first time really, really dealing with a radio contract. Mm -hmm. And I've heard the horror stories, you know, through Radio Fam and through other radio personalities of don't get stuck in this trap. Um, look out for these things in your contract and say something. And so I wanted to protect myself. And so that's what I was doing. And I was trying to go back and forth. And I'm like, okay, everyone has to have a non-compete apparently. So I can't take away the non-compete, which I did try to do that. And the lawyers for iHeart were like, absolutely not. But <laughs> instead, I was like, okay, instead of a six-month non-compete, can I have a three-month non-compete? And initially, I was told, yes, I have an email still to this day. Some iHeart lawyer was like, yeah, we'll give you a three-month non-compete. Well, later down the line, that was then denied afterwards. And then it was just, it came back to me where nothing really changed. I didn't get any more vacation days. I didn't get any more sick days. I didn't get any more pay. And I was still the six-month non-compete. But what was I going to do? Not take this job? I'm going to take the job. Unfortunately, yeah. it's like they just kind of put you in that position. And so I took the job. I still had signed for that six month non-compete, whatever. But at the time when I was doing this back and forth, my co-host, my second co-host in the mornings, Deuce, he was the program director at that time. So he saw all this communication between me and the lawyers because he was essentially the middleman because he was the PD. And so uh, he saw that initial email where it said, yeah, you can get a three month non-compete. And he told me, he was like, I was so impressed that you even asked for that and that you got approval for that. So for some reason, at the end of the day, when it was denied for a three month non-compete, everyone like forgot that it was denied for a three-month non-compete. But on paper, it said six, six months. Um. And so when contracts were um, being re-upped for Dave later on and for my other co-host, Dubs, later on, they were like, I want the Nina treatment. I want the three months. And literally no one, just no one remembered that that three months was denied. And they were like, okay. And they signed off on three months for them, but I was still stuck for six months. Come on. 
it is kind of interesting too. It makes you wonder with like, you know, just how it is with kind of men and women, how they're still treated in the industry that yeah. you had to jump through all these hoops for that. Still didn't get it. And they're just like, oh, can we get this? Sure. Yeah. So like, what the hell? But okay. We were officially let go July 7th. And then I started my podcast January 7th. Like oh. the day. <laughs> did you do that on purpose just to be like a little petty? or was A it little bit. Petty? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit ill prepared for my podcast, but I was like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I guess in general, how have you been handling the podcast and, and everything since in, in these last, you know, nine months, I guess. Lost the job, had a transition through that, uh, trying to figure out unemployment, which I still don't have that shit figured out. I do not recommend. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, going through a couple of losses, some personal stuff, some family stuff. All meanwhile, like I'm trying to plan a wedding as well. <laughs> it's been a lot. It has been a lot. And I was like, well, you know, you actually helped influence me a lot in like creating a personal brand. Like you're such a believer in that. And like, it's so true though. I like, am. It's so <laughs> true though. Is like, you know, create that personal brand. It's like you are your own brand. Even if you don't think that you are like you absolutely are find out a name for your brand, find out a logo for your brand if you want to do brand colors, it's like just doing those little things. You don't have to do it all at once. And that's what I thought I had to do is do it all at once. But then once I was finally, you know, once I was let go and once I was on my own, I was like, shit, like, let me just do this. And that's kind of what I did is I just did it. You know, I went on Canva and I created my logo. <laughs> Valentine's Day, you decided to then use your podcast as a platform to help you know, locally. So talk a little yeah. bit about that because that was like super impressive to me. And that's exactly <laughs> what I want people to know about. I've been wanting to do this thing, a community thing, a fundraiser thing, um, something that I had some friends in Chicago had done. And I wanted to bring it to Denver and do my own little twist on it. But throughout different, um, I guess things at, at the radio stations throwing that idea out there was always denied, denied, denied because it had it to do with money and donations and shelters and stuff like that. And this idea, I've had this idea for so long and I thought I had to go through a radio station in order to make it happen, but it always got denied. And finally, I'm on my own. So just force myself to do it bitch, just go and do it. And that's what <laughs> I did. And so I created my very first uh, Galentine's Day fundraiser. And uh, like I said, I had some friends in Chicago do this actually for Thanksgiving. They called it Gals Giving. And they found a local women's shelter and uh, friends just all got together. Let's say there was 10 friends. And then you pick a night, we'll get together, we'll create baskets, but everyone has to bring 10 items. You know, you are going to bring... 10 nail polishes. You are going to bring 10 pieces of makeup. You are going to bring 10 deodorants. You are going to bring, you know, 10 packs of tampons or something. You know what I mean? And then we'll put together these baskets and they have 10 baskets now to take to a women's shelter uh, for items for people in need. And I was like, that's really cool. I've always wanted to do that. It was always denied, denied, denied. And I'm just going to do it. So my twist on it was instead of like, 10 people bringing 10 of one item is let's just fundraise and let's get some money and I'll shop for these things myself. And that's what I did. And I ended up raising, oh my gosh, how much was it? 
uh, $1,500, $2,000. Oh my gosh, I forgot the totals. I'm so sorry, but. Oh no, you're good. Well, but you st- you set a small goal and they you reached it, right? Yeah. Like quickly, right? And that's why you, was, ended, you were able to expand a little. Yeah, absolutely. So I was thinking, you know, my starting goal, let's see if I can raise, five, raise $500. And I was so nervous to do this, Marie. I was so nervous yeah. because I'm like, $500, that's a lot of money, you know? So if I can raise $500, that would be cool. And then I can get $500 worth of stuff to just bring to a shelter. And there was a shelter in, in, in my community, in my neighborhood. And I was like, I donated to them before just something small, but you know, if I could do $500 worth of something to them, that would be awesome. And that was the goal. And I reached that goal in like two days. And I was like, Oh, I'm doing this for two weeks. Like, Oh my gosh, what? (laughs) It's just so crazy. And it's like, you don't realize how much people like want to give, which is cool, which is really cool. And like, that's part of like the cool thing about social media and finding new friends on social media and building a community on social media. And they love to see what you are up to. They love to see what you're doing, but they also like to be a part of things that you're doing. And so for this fundraiser, it was like so many people just came out of the woodwork with donations and they wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to be a part of my Galentine's Day. And I thought that was really cool. And so that $500 turned into a thousand, that thousand turned into like 1500. And then at the end of the day, I was able to make 25 baskets that were had $50 worth of stuff in it. And then on top of that, donate over a hundred dollars to like the parent company of the organization of Volunteers of America. And it was amazing. It was crazy. And all the meanwhile, I like put off starting it because I was scared and I thought I was going to be a failure and I thought I was going to be embarrassed at the end of the day. And then I just like went above and beyond anything that I expected. And it was it was crazy. It's amazing. And you see the impact of what you were able to do. And like you said, you had brought that idea to the radio stations. And when you sit back and think like, well, look what I just did. It makes you go, imagine if the radio station got behind this, what they could have done for their community, you know? Exactly. But I mean, just being able to do it myself, it was, it was really gratifying just to prove that I could do it to myself. Oh, hell yeah. But then on top of that, just like, you know, feeling that sense of community and being able to give back and like being able to actually do it and being able to do it myself. It was like that feeling was beyond anything else for sure. And it's like, I don't know, once you get into, um, once you get into fundraising and, and doing things for your community, it's like outside of a radio station, because I did it myself, it was like I never really felt that feeling, that gratification of look what I did and I actually made a difference and I helped people. Like that's a real feeling that I hadn't really felt before. I thought I had felt that through a radio station because you're a part of it and because you read the liners and you know you answer the phone calls and you do that stuff, which it is really cool. It is cool to be able to do that, but just to be able to do something like that I built myself that made a difference. That was, that was pretty awesome. That's why I tell them to kind of think about why they got into radio. Cause there's a lot of people that are in it for that reason. They do want to get back to the community or do yeah. those things. And it got so watered down by, you know, 15 second breaks and stuff like that. Exactly. And you were also doing a lot of things right too, because you were 
actively like, you know, you set the goal and you're like, I'm gonna do this for two weeks. So you were in everybody's face, you know, with all the social media. So people yeah, couldn't forget about it. But it's perfect. <laughs> you know, so we couldn't forget about what was happening. Then you were doing things like actually involving them by like giving people shout outs and it's just like little things like that, but like saying their names like on the social media, or you were creating graphics that actually had thank you yeah. to da 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 and listing those as it was happening. So it's like a lot of work, and that's probably also why it feels so gratifying yeah. at the end, too. Cause you're like, Man, I did all these pieces. It was like working my own radio station, my own promotion, and everything. It really was. <sighs> You got yeah. and you got to go drop off the basket. Being really transparent too mm-hmm. helped me a lot and helped um just like my followers and other people like be a little bit understanding is like I'm just like one person. I'm one person. I'm trying to make a difference. I'm gonna be as transparent as I possibly can and just give me some time. I'm working on it. You know what I mean? So and then showing think, the progress every day, I think, helped as well, like you said. And one of the reasons why I loved radio so much and like from the beginning and like you said, it gets so watered down is just like the sense of community mm-hmm. is doing things for your community, being out in your community and like radio, for whatever reason, it just seems like they're navigating further and further away from that. And like that just doesn't make any sense to me. So to be able to do it myself is pretty cool. And now I'm looking into doing this twice a year for February Galentine's Day and in November for Gals Giving. If I could do this twice a year, that'd be awesome. And I'm also looking into starting a nonprofit because I learned I learned a lot of things in this first round. So um, that's another thing that's like, I haven't done it yet. It's really intimidating to like create something that official with the city to create a nonprofit. If it makes it easier to do what I did in February, then it's totally worth it. And it's like, it's baby steps, you know, step one, find the paperwork, step two, fill it out. Step three, just send it in, just do it. And that's going to be the hardest part. And once you get over that, you know, exactly. And then once that's done with, then I get to just do what I already did before, except it's more official now and I get more tax breaks, but you know, (laughs) exactly. I don't have a job lined up. I don't know what I'm doing next. It's really hard just trying to plan this wedding and trying to stay in Denver with my fiance because, you know, I don't necessarily want to get married and then have to move away to another city. You know what I mean? If I want to continue doing radio, which I do want to continue doing radio, it's just it's hard right now um, in Denver and staying in Denver. And it's kind of like you've always been told you got to go where the jobs are. Mm -hmm. But right now in life, it's, it's a little difficult to do that. So I don't know. I'm just trying to navigate what's next for me. And I'm just trying to take it one step at a time. And I'm lucky enough that in my previous job, I was smart enough to save some money. And Mm -hmm. that's just what I'm doing is trying to live off of my savings and plan a wedding and just focus on that. And then afterwards I'll figure out what's next. But yeah, I think it's important too, I guess, in this journey of creating your own brand and figuring out what I want to do and making myself my own entity that um I don't know, the radio station is they can't they can't have everything that I have. You know what uh-huh. I mean? And cuz that's yeah. special, that's special to me. That's mine. It is valuable. So, you know, we can expand off of it. We can work together, but you can't have it. What advice would you give to somebody that I guess that has maybe in your position that either maybe they walked and they, they, they were tired of their situation and they walked and they, they're not sure what to do next. Or they, they also got let go, I guess in working through it. Cause you've had to work a lot through, you know, mental health wise and, you know, yeah. and still are working through it. Definitely take that time 
to, you know, take care of yourself. And that's kind of what I had to do for like my six months, of the non-compete I wanted. I really did want to be go, go, go and in your face on social media. I wanted to start up all sorts of stuff. It's okay to take that time for yourself. Sometimes you need that time. And it, even in my first month after I was let go, I was like, okay, this first month, I'm going to take this time and then I'll be okay after month two. It did not work out like that. And that's okay. It took me a long time. Sometimes even now, you know, I have my days. Don't beat yourself up on that. Just be able to eventually be okay, you know, and you have to take care of yourself in order to be okay. And it's not the end of the world if you are let go. It doesn't mean anything. I don't think of myself any less as a radio personality. Like, I know I'm a bad bitch. All right. I know I'm talented. I know. I know. Tell them. I know these things like they they made a mistake and that's all right. These things happen. You're still uh, you're still a professional. You still know what you're doing. You're still worthy. And one day, whether you get back into radio or you decide you want to do something else, guess what? Life goes on and you're going to be okay. We'd love to hear from you. Make sure you email your questions or ideas at info at the radio fam dot com.